Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to the Unplayable Podcast's World Cup Recaps. My name is Josh Shonafinger, and I'm going to be joined very shortly by Louis Cameron. We both watched New Zealand cause a very big upset over the hosts Australia in the opening match of the Super 12s in Sydney. And Louis, you were there at the SCG. It didn't go to plan for Australia. It didn't. Yeah, I was here at the SCG and it was a bit of a subdued atmosphere, really. Like, I think 34,000 people turned up expecting to you know, see Australia win, first of all. New Zealand, it's been a long time since they've won a game of any format out in Australia. Um, but at least got to be competitive. And I think for most of the night, Australia, I mean, I guess they were competitive, but um, it was uh, it was, it was was pretty comprehensive in the end. It was, it was not, I mean, I thought even if Australia lost, it wouldn't be in this manner. Now, my highlight of the night was definitely Glenn Phillips's catch, but we'll get to that in just a second. New Zealand, out of the blocks in stunning fashion Finn Allen smashed it at the top of the order and they finished with 200 exactly pretty impressive first up score yeah I mean it set the tone for the game what Finn Allen did like I know Devin Conway was the one who batted through the innings he made 92 not out I think it was um, the second time he's made a 90 90-ish not out against Australia this time against a, a far better attack I'd, I'd, I'd say but uh, but I think Finn Allen was the one who who set the tone. I mean, 42 off 16, like it, there was just kind of no coming back from there. And to see Hazelwood, Stark, or, or going in order, Stark, Hazelwood, Cummins, just get treated with absolute disdain like that. I think they they conceded nearly 50 off the first three overs. Um, and, the, you know, they were uh, they were 156 when, when Finn Allen finally went out. But that just... That just set the set the platform for New Zealand and, and set the tone for the night. It was it was an amazing innings. It certainly rewarded the New Zealand selectors of picking Allen over Guptill. And you also mm. mentioned Devin Conway, ninety two not out. He was outstanding and also very effective against Adam Zampa, who has been one of the bowlers Aaron Finch has gone to with such confidence in the past. That was a great stat that you got. I think oh, I'm going to let you do it. How many? What was the uh, what was the matchup tonight between Conway and Zampa? Well, yeah, Conway scored 29 runs off 15 Zampa deliveries, and Zampa uh, conceded 39 out of his whole spell. So most of the runs came off Conway's bat. Yeah, and that just doesn't happen with Adam Zampa. Like I mentioned, the three quicks off the top, and we know their records in in all forms. But Zampa's the you know, Zampa was the best bowler at the last at last year's World Cup, and I reckon the Kiwis made a real point of trying to find a way to get on top of him. And it was, I mean, the fact that Conway faced what did you say, 15, 15 balls, right, from Zampa? That's fifteen of twenty four deliveries um, for a left hander to be facing the majority of the deliveries, and a set left hander is is really clever. 
um, in, in how they went about that. I don't know if that's that's a bit of luck or, or whatever, but the other thing the Kiwis did really beautiful when um, when they batted and, and the Aussies didn't do so well is they targeted the, the shorter boundary that was it was quite noticeable and a little bit surprising for a World Cup opener that they would be playing on a pitch kind of on the edge of the square. You probably wouldn't play any further to the eastern side of the ground to the one that they played tonight. And the Kiwis targeted that short side beautifully. They hit a lot of sixes there. They hit a lot of fours in the power play there, um, Fidelin especially. And then in reply, the Aussies were, were three for 30-odd. Um, and all, all three of Finch, Marsh and David Warner, their top three, their really bankable top three, particularly Warner and Marsh, were out trying to hit to that boundary. Yeah, it's a really good point. So you were there. How far are we talking? Twenty meters difference, twenty-five. What's like? What was the discrepancy between the two sides? Yeah, I, I think Finch said yesterday at the press conference that it was sixty-three to the short side. Which I mean, there was a there was a sixty-six meter six at one point, and that kind of just got into the crowd. Yeah, okay. So yep. that um that kind of checked out, and then I think he said seventy-seven to the far side, but it it felt longer to be honest, like. Um, and, you know, probably a, as good a time as ever to talk about the Glenn Phillips catch because that was to the longer side. And it, it seemed like he – I mean, he probably only ran 15 metres, maybe 20 at most, but he just seemed to cover a lot of ground and, and going at full tilt as well. Like, uh, yeah, I mean, you, you saw it on TV. Like it was um, – I, I think it was the best catch I've seen. It was up there with the best catch I've seen live. Um yeah, you know great. the Jake Weather. I saw the. I was there for that Jake Weatherald, um, Ben Lachlan catch in the BBL, and I, I reckon that still has it for just sheer craziness. But in terms of just skill, this was almost a bit like Glenn McGrath at the um, in the O two O three Ashes. At I think that was Adelaide. Glenn Phillips, Glenn McGrath, yeah, a bit of a theme going there. <laughs> it's if a thing ha- with Glenn's, yeah. If you yeah. haven't seen the catch, jump onto cricket.com.au or the CA live app. It's an absolute beauty. Marcus Stoinis goes for a drive on the up, really off Mitchell Santner, and it looks like it's in clear space, but Glenn Phillips comes out of nowhere. He's got a lot of form in that space as well. He's a bit of an acrobatic star in the field and sometimes takes the gloves, so he can do it all, and I'm sure we're going to see more of it this tournament as well. Yeah, well, I mean, I could almost say certainly that that will not be beaten in this tournament. Um, Yeah, like, have, have you seen a better catch? Look, off the top of my head, it's going to be hard to really pinpoint one, but just, and mm. considering how horizontal he got as well, like a mm. lot of catches, you know, they look like they're diving, but the feet are still sort of on the ground. His feet were sort of above his head as he was traveling through the, uh, through yeah. the Sydney sky there. So pretty incredible stuff from Glenn Phillips, who also got a few runs. Another New Zealand batter who did score runs and very vital runs at the end of that innings, James Neesham, 26 off 13, including a last ball six, which got them over to 200. And Glenn Maxwell wasn't too happy with that either, was he? No, he kicked the rope. And I noticed that, that you know, watching that live, like I kind of saw that and thought that would be, you know, you're always looking for little moments at the ground that you see that the cameras don't capture. But I, I think the cameras <laughs> cameras kind of did get that live and it kind of told the story of, of the Australian innings, like just at, at every moment. They did peck him back a bit. I mean, Kane Williamson through the middle there, you know, struggled to get going. And I, I know he, he probably back ends it normally, but, um, you know, Adam Zampa's got a good record against him and, and got him again there. Um, so the Aussies had done some decent work through the middle, but um, yeah, it just every time they look like they get a little bit ahead of the game, you know, it's Jimmy Nation coming out and bombing sixes. So 
Um, dude's got some form in World Cups, doesn't he, Jimmy Neesham? So, yeah. yeah. And then, I mean, the Aussie the Aussie chase was just a non-event from from just about the, the second over when – I mean, how unlucky was David Warner? Yeah, very unlucky. I mean, 200 is always going to be a tough chase. You sort of need everything to go right for you. And when you bowled off your bat, thigh, bat again, like, doesn't get mm. much more unlucky was it, than – Was it hip um, – Back of the bat, then stumps. Yeah, I think it might have been a triple or a quadruple ricochet. Yeah. So, I mean, that's just desperately unlucky, isn't it? But if I look at the fall of wickets, one for five, two for 30, three for 34, and that's inside five overs, game over really, isn't it, from there? And, I mean, there's an element of you'd rather, chasing a big score, 200, you'd rather go out in a blaze of glory than, than eke it out and, and leave yep. it all to the back end. So there's, there's some of that. I mean, the post-game... Um, press conferences were interesting in terms of how, um, you know, we spoke to Finch in the main presser and Andrew McDonald did just the, the mixed zone thing is there as well. And, um, you know, I, I think the the fearless uh, approach that they wanted, that they kind of recommitted to in the UAE last year and what was the reason behind their World Cup win, you know, that's, that's not going to change. And they want guys to take risks, or, you know, maybe from ball one. I think Andrew McDonald suggested, you know, Maybe that risk management wasn't quite there, but um, for me, I, I felt like the bowling was. I don't. I just don't think they should have been chasing two hundred. Um, and then it's just a completely different scenario if if it's you know one one eighty. Yeah. Okay. So they were outplayed really with the bat and the ball. Do Australia make a change for the next match, which is Sri Lanka in Perth on Tuesday? I, I don't think so. Um, I don't think they should. I don't think they will. Um, there's a there's an interesting spirit with this group at the moment. Um, one of the other the other guy who, who spoke in the mix zone just now was Adam Zampa, and he uh, he's got such a unique sense of humour. He, he said that once they got into the changing rooms, the first thing anyone said was was Mitch Marsh basically saying, "Well, this is the position we wanted to be in," and it's just a, it was just a great icebreaker. Um, and I mean that that sums this team up like they don't kick cans they don't throw and ye- throw things and and yell at each other when they lose a game um you know there's there's introspection and and wondering where they could have um gone you know that you want to improve from defeats but uh i, I don't think you know uh, unless it's a specific matchup thing or a, you know they, they feel like they can go in with five bowlers but i just think that this is this is the lineup they've committed to this is what won them the World Cup last year, and I think it's it's do or die with with this makeup. Yeah. And when you flash back to that World Cup, which was only twelve months ago, they had a similar thumping loss to England in that tournament and managed to turn it around fairly quickly. The thing that's concerning for me now, mm. though, is that net run rate for Australia. It's sitting at negative four point four five, and we saw last year just how important that was when South Africa missed out on the semi-finals based off a couple of runs on the net run rate. So Australia are going to have to make a point of making that up as well in the next few matches. Yeah, it's a great point. And South Africa were desperately unlucky to only lose one game out of five and yeah. not make the the semifinals of that World Cup. And Australia acknowledged that. The one thing, Josh, that you might know this better than me, that I think, you know how kind of at the end of that Aussie innings, they were still... Yeah, the tailenders were swinging for the fences and, and Bolt got a couple of, you know, wickets because they were still going for it, even though they had no chance of winning at, at that stage. I think that 
correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that they'd rather get bowled out for what did they get bowled at 111 in 17.1 yeah. overs. Yeah. So you'd rather get 111 in 17.1 overs than say 119 in 20 overs, right? Because that keeps your run rate. Uh, that keeps gives you a better run rate. Uh, I believe, and I could be wrong, that if you are bowled With, out, yeah. it's automatically. How do we 20. never? How have we never figured out net run rate? <laughs> like, no matter how many tournaments they have, it was I'm still trying to get out. my head around Duckworth Lewis Stern, mate. So <laughs> net run rate still, but yeah, I think yeah. when once a team is bowled out, it's automatically the twenty overs are set. So mm. it's as if you face twenty overs when you're bowled out. So it's, oh, it's right, yeah, it's right. not a positive to go all out early. Oh, got it. Yeah, right. So you just want the highest score you can get. That's right. Yeah, yeah, right. Well, I mean, maybe that still makes sense in in terms of, um, I, I don't know. Like, <laughs> you having said that would make me think. Oh, maybe I'd rather nick and nudge them when you know you can't win. Which when they needed a hundred off the last five with you know four wickets in hand, that wasn't happening. Wouldn't you rather just kind of nick it around and and get to that? I mean, they might have got to one twenty five, right? With a, um. Yeah, because the Kiwis yeah. wouldn't have, wouldn't have cared by the end. Like they might have given them an extra ten runs just by being in the field for an extra three overs. Anyway, that's the um, that's my hot take away. I, you know, <laughs> if they're relying on this kind of thing to to get through to the semi-finals, they're probably in trouble, right? Yeah, we digress, and hopefully I'm right in that assumption. Otherwise, I'm going to look pretty silly. But Louis, thanks we for need our listeners to to send that one in. If anyone knows how net run rate works, yeah, can you tell these two bozos, please? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, send in the feedback on Twitter or on Instagram. Louis, are you heading over to Perth for the next game against Sri Lanka? Yeah, flying out tomorrow morning, bright and early, mate. So um, looking forward to it. They didn't go so well last time they played in Perth, although that was a very different team. Uh, two maybe two weeks ago against England, um, so it I'm, was. time time's flying at the moment. So um, yeah, they'll. Uh, I think they should be. You know, just just kind of like looking ahead, Josh. I, I think like they should get through Sri Lanka pretty pretty comfortably in uh, in Perth. But it, that game against England in about a week's time, I think it's a Friday night at the MCG. That's the game. That's the one. If they if they lose that, it's it's lights out. Good stuff, mate. We'll chat to you after that match against Sri Lanka. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll chat to you all next time. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.